You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. God bless you. Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3 in your Bibles this morning. That's in the Old Testament. Open your Bibles and silence your cell phones. Please, please, please. Amos chapter 3. We're going to read one verse. The verse is a question, and I expect an answer after we read it. Amos chapter 3. Cell phones on silent, and let's make sure we determine to stay seated, nobody moving so that we can focus in. If you would be so kind to come back to service tonight, I don't want to distract uh, from anything from the message this morning after I've delivered the message, so I'll just tell you now. If you will be so kind as to come back to service tonight, I will be so kind as to predict your future. (laughs) And I'll leave that with you. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Let's read it all together. We'll take our time. Ready, begin. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Yes or no? Can two walk together except they be agreed? The answer is no. The answer is no. I want to preach to you this morning. I'll title the message, Don't Walk alone. Father, we need you to, again, fill both speaker and hearer with your spirit. Move as only you can and let fruit, let fruit come from this service. Help me to preach with boldness and in your spirit and help them to listen and to apply it to their lives and not to leave here as they came. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. She does it every week. You men are inconsistent. That's better. <clears throat> All day Thursday, I struggled and I prayed and I wrestled with God about what to preach to you this morning. I do not have the luxury of a denominational hierarchy sending me a book at the beginning of the year telling me what to preach and when. I visited heaven often in prayer, searching for God to give me a message that I could give to you. I prayed all throughout the day. I laid my head down on my pillow that Thursday night, having received no peace on what to preach to you As I do every night, I woke up in the middle of the night and I prayed for you. And again, I prayed for God to provide me with a message for this morning. And it was at that moment, it must have been, it must have been three or four in the morning on on Friday morning, that this thought came into my mind. And I said to myself, self, I like talking to myself. I like talking to people who are dumber than me. It makes me feel smart. (laughs) I said, self, are you going to keep going to God in prayer only looking for a message? Or do you want to go to the throne to look for Jesus? Are you going to keep spending your prayer time only looking for what God will give you, or will you spend your prayer time looking for God? Are you going to go to the throne only looking for God's hand, or do you see the benefit in seeking God's face? And I fell back to sleep with that thought on my mind. And as I drove in to work on Friday morning, I was met with an incredible sight. I don't know if any of you drove by here on Friday. 
but concrete trucks lined our property. I don't know exactly what it's called, Brother Luke. I'm going to call it a concrete crane-ish. A what? A pump truck, of course. A pump truck. <laughs> Towering 50, 60 feet above the ground. Around 30 vehicles parked in rows next door. Nearly 40 men with boards and rakes and levels and clipboards were hard at work. About another 40 were just standing around doing nothing. And those were the ones making the most money, I'm sure. Foundation for our new auditorium was being poured. I wanted to walk straight out there and watch the work, but I always, I always start my day in my office on my knees in prayer. So I went in there, I prayed for you, I prayed for our church, I prayed for the services today, I prayed for the workers, prayed for the project. Still having no peace on what to preach to you this morning. And usually by Thursday, I know what I'm going to preach both Sunday morning and Sunday night behind schedule. But I said, Lord, I trust that you are going to give me a message to give to your people in time. And I stood to my feet and I said, Lord, I'm standing in faith that as sure as the sun rises tomorrow, you are going to give me what you would have me preach to your people. I got up and I went and I watched that work. And as I watched that work going on, it started to hit me. I don't know if it's hit you yet, but it started to hit me. As the trucks were rumbling and rolling and roaring, it started to hit me. As I heard the workers scream and communicate with one another, some of them were singing in Spanish as they were working. I don't know what they were singing, but they had great harmony. It started to hit me. As I saw the concrete being poured in that 10,000 square foot space, it started to hit me. The eternal weight and magnitude of pastoring a church. It is your souls that I am called to watch for. If you are not a pastor, you are going to stand before God someday and you will give an account for your life and then he'll say, we're done. If you are a pastor, if you are a spiritual leader, I believe in any, in any capacity, but certainly if you are a pastor, as soon as he's done with me, he's going to open the membership role of Heritage Baptist Church and say, all right, and Brother and Miss Adams, you're first. Your name starts with A. You have the least amount of time of all of our members to get right with God. I, I hope you. No pressure. It's good to see you back, sir. We've been praying for you. He had a pacemaker put in. It's good to see you, sir. Just had heart surgery, and he's in church, and we have some people with a hangnail, and they're not here today. You're from a different generation, sir, a better generation, in my opinion. It is your families you have trusted me to help. It's your sins that God has called me to rebuke. It's your ideas you've asked me to counsel. And I take that very seriously. I will say the least favorite part of pastoring for me is counseling. Just want you to know that. I'll do it, but I don't like it. I promise you, just come to church, read your Bible, pray. I won't have to counsel you. It's your money that's paying for that vision. God's money. You learned that today, Brother, Brother Luther. God bless you. Your children that will grow up in those halls. And as those thoughts weighed heavy on my mind, God asked a question that stabbed my heart. He said, Johnny, are you going to do this without me? And I'm sure all those workers thought I was insane. 
But I looked up and I wasn't looking at the crane. And I said, Lord, how could I? Look at this work and think of these people and look at this city. How could I ever do this without you? I was reminded when I was a teenager of when the Lord called me to preach. And I thought for the first time, as a very young person, I thought for the first time ever in my mind, if I am going to be a preacher, I had better learn to walk with God. And then later, as I walked the stage for my high school graduation and I walked into my first college class at Providence Baptist College, it hit me again. If I am going to succeed in Bible college, I had better learn to walk with God. And then I looked at my fiance and said our vows on our marriage day, our wedding day. And I remember thinking, if I am going to be the husband that I need to be, and if I am going to keep these vows, indeed, I need to walk with God. And then when I held our firstborn daughter, man, life got real very quickly. And I remember thinking, no more messing around now. God has entrusted me with a life. I had better walk with God. Same with Everly, same with Haddon. With all three of them, as I held them for the first time, as the doctors and nurses were walking around, and after my wife had held them, I always took them, and I walked into the corner of the room with, each, with all three of them. And the first words they heard from me was their name, McKenna, Everly, Haddon, Jesus loves you. And I gave them the gospel presentation. And then I told them, there are some things you need to understand as a Che. You're a Blackhawks fan. <laughs> You're a Cubs fan. You're unfortunately a Bears fan. You will never be a Cowboys fan. Because we believe in winning in this family. And if you ever even consider being a fan of any of the teams from St. Louis, you can move out. <laughs> but each time after that conversation, I kissed them on the forehead and I thought, I had better walk with God. And I became the youth pastor here and I remember thinking again, Johnny, you better not do this alone. You need to walk with God. And then I became the pastor here. And God called me to pastor you. And I remember thinking again, Johnny, you better learn to walk with God. You started to bring me your burdens. You started to bring me your problems. Those of you who are old enough to be my parents and my grandparents started asking me questions. Well, let me tell you what I think with all of my vast life experience. I would fall on my face so often after I met with you and said, Lord, I can't do this alone. I need to walk with you. And once again, last Friday, as I watched that great work being done, Johnny, are you going to do this without me? How could I? then you had better learn to walk with me. Don't walk alone. And within a moment, I knew exactly what I was gonna to preach to you. Because as I continued to watch that work, I began to think of you. I began to think of you moms and dads. As parents, you are instilling principles and you are teaching lessons that are going to shape generations 
I just have one question for you. Are you going to do that without Jesus? If you will ever be the parent that you are supposed to be, don't you do that alone. You'd better learn to walk with God. And then I thought of you Sunday school teachers. You are teaching Bible truths. Turn down the gain just a little bit. You are teaching Bible truths that are supposed to strengthen the lives and the souls of the next generation. Are you going to do that without Jesus? You'd better learn to walk with God. Don't you teach that class alone. I thought of you academy teachers, public school teachers, any of you in the education field. You have been entrusted by God and by parents to shape the minds of the next generation. Don't you do that alone. You'd better learn how to walk with God. I thought of you ushers. You are the first impression of every guest and visitor that God sends our way. And you better take that very seriously. And if you are going to be who you are supposed to be, don't do that alone. You'd better learn how to walk with God. Uh, I'm just greeting people. There is no I'm just in God's kingdom. I thought about you musicians, those who sing in the choir, those who do the specials, those who play the piano, those who play in the orchestra, all of you. I thought of you. You have been asked to use your talents to bring glory to God. And in bringing glory to God, you bless the hearers. You better not do that alone. You need to learn how to walk with God. I thought about you business owners. You are making you are making crucial decisions that require great wisdom and bring great consequences, whether good or bad. Are you going to do that without Jesus? Don't walk alone in that. I thought about you husbands and wives. You have vowed to stay together until it kills one of you. Until God in his wisdom shall separate us by death. Are you going to do that alone? You had better learn how to walk with God. I thought about you single young people. Someday, very soon, whether you believe it or not, you will make the choice of who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. But until then, you have great decisions that you are making on your own. Now, you may be on your own physically, but you don't have to be on your own spiritually. You can make those decisions in your walk with God. I thought about you teenagers. I'm glad to see you sitting on the front rows again. You got away from that for a little bit. I'm glad to see you back. Fill these things. Kick out the old people behind you. Older people, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh, how important two letters can be. <laughs> older, older, and, and wiser, and more gracious, and forgiving. I thought about you. And I hope you don't make the same mistakes that your pastor makes with his mouth. You are right now in the formative years of your life. Who you are becoming today is who you will be five years from now and who you will be 10 years from now and who you will be 20 years from now. It's not going to just be, oh, I'm in college now. Cool. I'm going to make all the changes necessary to be a success in society. You do that now. Do not face these pivotal years alone. You better learn how to walk with God. I thought about you new families in our church. You have started coming here. You have a lot of choices. You have started coming here. I am going to presume because you believe there is no way I can continue without God's help. 
And so you are here. You don't have to continue without God's help. You don't have to walk alone. You can learn to walk with God and you must learn to walk with God. I thought about those of you in here who do not know the Bible way to heaven. You do not know whether or not you are going to heaven when you die. You do not know if your sins are forgiven. That is a scary place to be. Because I don't know about you, I have a lot. (laughs) And you don't know if your sins have been forgiven. Your soul is hanging over the eternal fires of hell by a very fragile string that is called your life. I just have a question for you. Are you going to escape hell without Jesus? Deep down within your heart, as wicked and deceitful as it is, you know, I must be forgiven. I must be saved. I must be cleansed. Are you going to do that without Jesus? Nobody has ever found their way to heaven walking alone. You need Jesus. Now let me ask you a question if we're going to transition into the next part of the message. Don't you want to walk with Jesus? Don't you want to walk with him? Don't you have that desire? I hope it's more than a fleeting desire. I hope you have a great desire to do that. Haven't the best times in your life been when you've walked with God? Some of the most peaceful times in your life were not the times when everything was going well. In fact, everything was going wrong. But you still had peace because you were walking with Jesus through it. Haven't the worst times in your life been when you got away from him? Don't walk alone. Do you know what makes heaven heaven? Think about that. We talk about heaven and we want to go. Do you know what makes heaven heaven? It's not the golden street. We can make one of those down here. It's not the fruit trees. We have fruit trees here. It's not the river of life. We have rivers here. It's not the mansions. We have mansions here. It's not the gates of pearl. We don't have those, but we have some pretty ornate things. It's not the walls and foundations of jewels. What makes heaven heaven is we get to walk with Jesus there. Do you know what makes hell hell? It is not the fire. It is not the darkness. It's not the brimstone. It's not the weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not the fact that the drunk is still drunk and the rapist is still a rapist and the addict is still addicted. It is not any of that. It is not the physical torment. What makes hell hell is that there is no hope for anybody there to ever walk with Jesus again. This is why even on this side of eternity, you can fill your bank account with money. And you can surround yourself with friends. And you can fill your garage with vehicles. And you can build your home with the finest materials. And you can fill your schedule with pleasure. Do whatever you wish, whenever you wish to do it, with whoever you wish to do it with. Do it all. But if you do it alone, if you do it without Jesus, there is no greater hell. You know... I don't know what else to say. I'm not trusting that this message is going to resonate with you. I'm not trusting that this message is going to reach your heart because of its eloquence. I am not trusting that this message is going to reach your heart because it's beautifully written. I'm not trusting it's going to reach your heart because of its humor or its delivery or its doctrinal insight. I am trusting that this message will reach your heart because I have great faith that in the heart of every man and woman sitting sitting in this room today is a desire to walk with Jesus. I believe that every single man and every single woman and every single boy and every single girl has a desire to know that Jesus is near. I believe you have a desire to pray and feel that he is right next to you. 
I believe you have a desire to wake up in the morning with the kisses of the Savior on your cheek. And to go bed, to bed at night with, with His presence cradling your soul. And to walk throughout your decisions and to walk throughout your, your work and your education and your whatever it is that you're doing that day. You have a desire to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is beside me. There, there must be something within you that makes you say, Lord, I don't want to walk without you. If you don't have this desire, you don't know what it's like to walk with him. Give yourself five seconds of being in his presence and you will desire nothing more the rest of your life. Nobody comforts like Jesus. I have spoken to my closest friends in my hardest times and miserable comforters were they all. Oh, they said what they thought they needed to say and they said it out of love and sincerity. And I went from feeling about that small to feeling about that small. Nobody comforts like Jesus. Nobody helps like Jesus. Nobody brings peace like Jesus. You know what I love? Nobody laughs like Jesus. Nobody smiles like Jesus. Nobody jokes like Jesus. Oh, he's got a sense of humor. I could go off on a tangent there, but I'm not going to. Nobody corrects like Jesus. Nobody knows how to take the same nail-pierced hand and say, don't you do that again. And then take the same hand and hold it up and say, now let me help you back up. And take that same hand and brush you off. And then take that same hand and point at the devil and say, you leave him alone, get out of here. Nobody does that like Jesus. Nobody teaches like Jesus. Nobody could take a grain of mustard seed and teach a doctrinal truth like Jesus. Nobody could take a fish and teach like Jesus. Nobody could take a sower and seed and teach a, a message that contains, a, a parable that contains the entire message of Scripture in a five-minute discourse. Nobody loves like Jesus. You must, if you have any, des any heart in you, you must have a desire to walk with somebody like that. Somewhere within you, there must be something that makes you say, Lord, I don't want to build my marriage without you. Is that anywhere within you? Lord, I don't want to raise my kids without you. I don't want to choose a spouse without you. I don't want to work my job without you. I don't want to make this decision without you. I don't want to go into this job interview without you. I don't want to attend this funeral without you. I don't want to serve in this ministry without you. I don't want to live my life. I don't want to live one day without you. I don't want to walk alone. That has got to be in your heart somewhere. The good thing is he doesn't want to walk without you either. I promise you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ, whatever desire you have to walk with him, he desires so much more to walk with you. And I need you to think about that. God did not create you to walk alone. When God placed our first parents in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, he did not place them there and then watch them from afar. He did not create them and then give them a job and then forsake them and said, figure it out. When Adam named the animals one at a time, which no, how, how long do you think that took? How long do you think that took? Months? A lot of animals out there. A lot of insects out there. What about this one? Bleh. I mean, that looks like all the other ants out there. Nope, this is a specific ant. Where's it going to be? Texas, fire ant. <laughs> what about this one? Giraffe. Cool. 
Do you know who was with him every single day? God. When God put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it, who do you think walked with him every day and taught him how to dress it and to keep it? Every day in that garden. And I believe the best part of God's day was when he walked with Adam and Eve. Did you know that God can sing? Did you know that? There is one verse in the Bible that I can find. One verse in the Bible. I'm sure one of you are going to come up and say there's another one. There's one verse in the Bible that I know of that mentions God singing. And it's right in a passage where God says, I'm going to gather my people around me. And when God thinks of walking with all of his people around him, he bursts into singing. Listen to me, tired adult, which you cannot say one word without the other. If you're an adult, you're tired. If you are adult age and you're not tired, you're still a child. <laughs> if you're living as an adult, you are tired. Listen to me, tired adult. And listen to me, burdened father. And listen to me, burdened grandmother. And listen to me, confused young person who knows everything and nothing at the same time. Listen to me, lonely one. Listen to me, broken one. Listen to me, puzzled one. You don't know what the next step is. Listen to me, the one who seems, it's, you're always giving, always giving, and nobody's giving back to you. You always have to do this, 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 this. Everybody's making withdrawals, nobody's making deposits. You listen to me. You listen to me, lost one. You don't know where you're going to heaven when you die. You listen to me. And you listen to me, weak one. And you listen to me, fallen one. And you, whatever it is, just all y'all, listen to me. I need you to realize that if Jesus had the choice to walk with you or fly among the stars, if he had the choice to walk with you or swim in the nebula, if he had the choice to walk with you or climb the highest mountains, if he had the choice to walk with you or dive deep into the oceans and see all of its mysteries there, he'd choose to walk with you every time. He didn't create you to walk alone. He doesn't want to walk without you. He wants to be included in your marriage. He wants to be included in your child rearing. He wants to be included in your friendships. Do you realize that when you and your friends are together, nothing makes Jesus smile more than when you bring him up in conversation? He wants to be involved in your church services. He wants to be involved in your daily decisions. When you come upon any choice, whether great or small, nothing makes Jesus smile more than you looking at him and saying, Jesus, would you walk with me in this decision? His answer is always, yes. A thousand times, yes. I would love to walk with you. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. God can't always have his desire. As much as God hates you walking alone, as much as he did not create you to walk alone, as much as he knows how dangerous it is for you to walk alone, can two walk together except they be agreed? No. Can two walk together except they be agreed? No. Where there is no agreement, all that's left is argument. And God will not, God cannot walk with those who argue with him. He walks with those who agree with him. Pastor, God's being so silent to me. I used to walk so closely to him, and now he's silent. 
It's because he knows all you would have to talk about is argument. And he doesn't want to do that to you. It takes more than desire on your part, and it takes more than desire on God's part in order for you to walk together. You must be agreed. Where there is no agreement with God, there can be no engagement with God. Where there is no agreement with God, there can be no deep involvement with God. I have a desire to be a customer of Apple Incorporated. Is it 12 already? My goodness. You guys are timing me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to... Never mind. Okay. I have a desire to be a customer of Apple, Apple Incorporated. And you know what? Apple Incorporated has a desire to provide their services to me. They want me to give my money to them. We have a mutual desire to engage with one another as customer and company. However, with every single product that Apple provides, there is a user agreement that I must acknowledge as a customer. Apple says if you wish to use our product, then these are our terms and conditions. And if you do not agree with our terms and conditions, then we cannot engage as customer and company. If you do not agree with our terms and conditions, with our user agreement, you are more than welcome to make your own product. You're more than welcome to go out and use a Google phone or a Samsung. You are more than welcome to use all of those. But if you are going to be one of our customers, and if we are going to be your company, we must, if we are going to walk together, we must agree. Now, in a much deeper and more important sense, you have a desire to walk with God, and God has a desire to walk with you. However, you and Jesus cannot walk together unless you agree with his terms and conditions. Now, if you don't agree, you're more than welcome to make your own God and set your own terms and conditions. Or you are more than welcome to shop around and choose another God that has more lenient terms and conditions. You can even call him Jesus if you want to call him Jesus. But if you are going to walk with this Jesus, if you are going to walk where this Jesus walks, you must agree with what this Jesus says. Amen. Because where there is no agreement, there can be no engagement. Where there is no agreement, there can be no involvement. When God called Israel out of Egypt, he brought them to Mount Sinai and he said this, I want to walk with you. I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. Israel looked back at the very nether part of the mount and said, all that God has said, we will do. We want to walk with you too. And God said, wonderful. Here are 10 terms and conditions that you must agree to if this is going to work. And within a very short period of time, they broke that agreement. And here's what God told Moses. I will still let you live your lives. I will still let you go to the promised land. I will still give you ev everything that I told you I was going to give you. But I will not walk with you there. You are a stiff-necked people. And I will consume you in the way. You can still go on and live, but we can't walk together. And when Israel heard, the Bible calls it these... Where is it? Evil tidings. They mourned. And Moses said to God, O Lord, please, if thy presence go not up with me, carry us not up hence. Lord, if we can't walk this together, we're staying. We cannot 
do this without you. We don't want to walk alone. We want to walk with you. And God says, I want to walk with you too. But two can't walk together except they be agreed. And you broke my agreement. I'll send an angel with you. And Moses said, I don't want an angel. We don't want an angel. We want you. God said, okay, Moses, my presence shall go up with thee. And I will give you rest by my grace. But let's make something very clear. In a little book called Leviticus, you need to get back on agreeing terms with me. God takes disagreement with him very seriously. For instance, do you know there are two common words in the Bible, two very common words in the Bible that both describe when people break in agreement with God? You know what they are. You probably just haven't thought about it. One is trespass and one is transgress. Two very common words, both of them talking about when people break in agreement with God. Let's make this as simple as possible. If you are going to walk with God along the pathway of your life, then there are places that God says you don't need to go into those places if we're going to walk together. If we're going to walk together along this path, there are places that you don't need to go. On the other hand, if we're going to walk together, there are places that you don't need to leave. So when God says you don't need to go into those places and you go into those places, you know what you call that? Trespassing. You have broken an agreement. God said, don't go there. You went there anyway. You disagreed with his boundary line. You have trespassed. You've broken an agreement, and God can't walk with you there. You want to walk with me? I don't walk there. You stay out of there. So when God says, if we will walk together, you are never to enter into the place of friendship with the world. You are never to enter into the place of intoxicating substances. I don't walk there. You are never to enter into the place of lust and adultery. You are never to enter into the place of bitterness and hatred against a brother and pride and idolatry and apathy and laziness. When you enter into those places, you're trespassing where God told you not to go. You have broken his agreement and you cannot walk with him. When God says in another way, if we will walk together, you must agree that you will never leave the place of trust in me. And you will never leave the place of sobriety. You will never leave the place of purity. You will never leave the place of forgiveness. You will never leave the place of love for others, even your enemies. If you're going to walk with me, you will never leave the place of humility and worshiping me and me alone. And you will never leave the place of service and sacrifice. When you leave those places, you're transgressing. You have broken God's boundary line. And you cannot walk together. God says it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Don't do that. Don't go there. But you see no problem with it. You're trespassing. You have disagreed with God's boundary line. You have broken your agreement. And he can't walk with that. Can two walk together except they be agreed? God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Don't leave church. But you miss whenever you want. You're transgressing. You are disagreeing with God's boundary line and you have broken your agreement and God cannot walk with you. Can two walk together except they be agreed? God says to you, thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart and soul and mind and strength, but your heart is divided amongst God and mammon, God and the things of this world. You are transgressing. You have left your first love. You have broken God's agreement. You're disagreeing with his boundary line. And he cannot walk with you where you're walking. God says, withhold not correction from a child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, you shall not, he shall not die. But you agree more with Dr. Spock and Dr. Phil. And you're going to do things your own way. You're transgressing. You have broken God's boundary line and can two walk together except they be agreed. God says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Oh, but, but you disagree. 
So you're going to find your own way to heaven. You're going to leave the path of faith and you're going to enter into the place of religion. You're going to enter into the place of good works. You're going to enter into the place of sacraments. You're going to enter into all those places. You are leaving a path he never wanted you to leave and you're entering into a place that he told you never to go. You are transgressing. You are trespassing. And can two walk together except they be agreed? Because I promise you, even if you find your way to heaven's gates by the path of religion and you knock on that door without Jesus next to you, you ain't getting in. And you don't find Jesus at heaven's gates. You find him on earth. And you know what? You're breaking God's heart when you do that. You're not only breaking an agreement, you're breaking God's heart because he wants to walk with you. But can two walk together except they be agreed? How can Jesus walk with you in life when you refuse to walk within the boundaries that he has drawn for your life? If we say, John said this, John the Beloved, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness... We lie and do not the truth, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanseth us from all sin. There are going to be some times when you leave the place that you're not supposed to leave. There are going to be some times where you go to a place where you are not supposed to go. That's what Jesus is for. Jesus can't walk with you there. He stays right where you left him. Come back into agreement with God, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, can cleanse you from every trespass and every transgression. So then the question is, how do you come back in agreement with God? Stand where the Bible tells you to stand and stay away from where the Bible tells you to stay away. When God puts up a no trespassing sign, don't jump the fence. And when God puts a guardrail along the road of life, don't push through it. Agree with God. Agree with God's way, and he'll walk with you all the way. I could apply this to a lot of different people, but for sake of time, I hope you have a desire to walk with God at your work. Parents, I hope you have a desire to walk with God as you raise your kids. And God wants to walk with you as you raise your kids. But if you do not agree with God's way of raising your children, you can't walk together. And you're breaking his heart because he wants to walk with you. And he knows what your family is going to turn into without him. But he can't walk with those who disagree with him. Husband and wives... I hope you have a desire to have God in the middle of your marriage, and he wants to be in the middle of your marriage too. But if you disagree with his way of marriage, he can't walk with you. God cannot walk in a marriage between a man and a man. It's not his way. Don't put your head down. It's not time to pray. I got chapter and verse. God cannot walk in a marriage between a woman and a woman. He said, this is how it is. I created the male and female, says nothing about non-binary. I made the male and female. He didn't say, oh, and by the way, choose not to, choose not to answer. He didn't say that. Male and female, a man is going to leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. That is his way. Okay, well, we got that. We got that right, Pastor. I married a woman. Well, guess what, sir? God will not walk with your marriage if you let the wife run your house. That is not his way. And guess what, sir? Oh, I run my house. Yeah, but you're a dictator. Husbands, love your wives. The more you have to stand up and say, I'm the leader of this house. No, you're not. You just love that woman, she will follow you happily. I hope you have a desire to walk with God in all your areas. I hope you understand that God wants nothing more than to walk with you. I hope you understand that unless you walk with God, all that you give your efforts to will be in vain. 
but you will never, you will never, you will never, you will never walk together with God if you keep on crossing his boundary lines. Two can't walk together except they be agreed. If you will have Jesus' presence, he will have your obedience. He must have it. Be in agreement with God's way of raising children. Be in agreement with God's way of marriage. Be in agreement with God's way of ministry and priorities on finances and salvation. If you will be, salvation especially, if you're going to be successful in any of those areas, will you do that without Jesus? Do you know what these flowers are for? Beautiful, aren't they? These flowers are for Brother Floyd. Brother Floyd went home to be with the Lord last night. Let me tell you about Brother Floyd and his wife, Miss Alicia. For 21 years, Miss Alicia begged Brother Floyd to agree with God's way of salvation. And for 21 years, he fought and he bucked and he said, I'm going to go my own way. And for 21 years, that woman walked with God and submitted to her husband. And through her patience and her grace and her prayers, last year, Floyd trusted in Jesus as his Savior. Floyd is in heaven today because for 21 years, a woman agreed with God and walked with God. And he is in heaven today because he took his eyes off of his boundary lines and said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Amen. You must agree. My friend, how, how are you going to go to heaven when Jesus so clearly says, I am the way, but you're choosing your own? How, how's that going to happen? It is not going to happen. You must walk with God. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.